0: My friend Molly has a new book out. It's called How to Begin When Your World Is Ending. You should read it. I saw Molly this week in Phoenix at our quarterly meeting for the UCC Still Speaking Writers Group that I get to be part of. And at dinner Thursday night, she leaned over to me and said, when are you going to write a book? I didn't have the courage to tell her I had already written one and received notes from a publisher a year and a half ago, and then sat on them. Or that a couple years ago I had invited my friend John to write another with me and we had each drafted a chapter before I stopped responding to emails about the project. Or that I've had an outline for another book in the Notes app on my phone since 2019. I didn't tell her any of that. What I told her was, I haven't felt like writing lately. The truth is that 2 years ago this month the the wind went out of my sails. And it hasn't come ba- come back. The muse packed their bags and they haven't returned. I lost my motivation and enthusiasm and confidence for writing and I'm still waiting for the day when I will find it again. Of course, I still do a lot of writing for my work, some of which I enjoy, and some I even think is good. Don't feel like you have to take care of me or butter me up. I'm just sharing that for the last couple years, I haven't felt that drive to create, that passion to take on a project on my own time. The path I believed I was walking toward becoming a writer has disappeared. And that's scary because it's such a part of my identity. I was, or am, a writer. But the progress I felt like I was making toward that goal has stopped. The ground beneath my feet has shifted or vanished, and I don't know when or if it will come back. And in my anxious moments, it makes me wonder whether I was ever really on a path to begin with if the call I thought I heard to write was real, or if it was all in my head. In my anxious moments, it makes me afraid that even if I was on that journey, I will never find my way again, that I took a wrong turn and now I'm stuck. In my anxious moments, I feel lost and confused and in the dark. But mostly, I remember I am not alone. I remember my friend who left his church last May and still hasn't found his next call. Twice the pastor I am, and yet when I hear him on the phone, I can tell that doubt is creeping in with every added rejection. I remember my friend who has fallen into a job that pays well but doesn't feed him and he is wondering what of the many options that he could pursue, which one he should pursue. I remember my friends who have been walking along paths of parenting and recovery and living with disability and and being married and working and have hit an obstacle and don't know how to move forward. Something that had been working has stopped. The future they had envisioned has disappeared and now they are lost in the dark, wondering which direction to go. I remember I'm not alone because for many of us, that's what this moment feels like nationally or globally, confusing at best, more often disastrous. Optimistically, it feels like we've stopped making progress, but really, it feels more like we're headed backward, like the path we believed we were on has disappeared, like we stepped off at some point, and now we're not sure whether we were on it to begin with. I remember I'm not alone because I've been here before, more than once. Seasons where a relationship that was going well got stuck, or a job that had been satisfying suddenly wasn't, or whatever I had been doing to give my life purpose and meaning ended and nothing arose to take its place. Seasons when I felt like I was making no progress, just waiting helplessly for something new to arrive, wasting time in the dark. I realized recently that that's the way I've been thinking about night, as the part of my life that gets wasted in sleep, as whatever's left after the day is used up. Something you have to wait through until you can start doing things again. I recognized it when I was attending a Shabbat service at Mishkan, a Jewish community in the city here that I love. As part of that service, one of the rabbis asked us to turn to the person next to us and tell them how we were doing keeping Shabbat in our lives. Then I turned to Chris, whom I would later learn had converted from Greek orthodoxy when he got married a few decades before. I confess that I wasn't doing very well keeping Shabbat since this was only my second Shabbat service in my entire life. But Chris stopped me. It's not about the service, he said. It's about what comes after. He reminded me that in the Jewish faith, the day doesn't begin with the morning. The day begins at sundown. Gathered in that sanctuary on Friday evening, we weren't finishing out what was left of Friday. We were there to start Saturday that night that we were headed into. It wasn't just the leftovers of what had been the remainder of the day that I was too tired to use up. It wasn't a waste. It was a beginning. It was the foundation on which the rest of the day would be built. It was essential. Every new day was born in night not simply a time to wait through until real life started again. There was something going on in the night, something important happening in all that dark, unseeing blackness, something imperceptible that would only become visible in time. We know it, of course, subconsciously at least. When we hit a problem that feels like it has no solution, we tell one another to sleep on it. When we run into an obstacle we can't see our way past, we wait a night, and very often, something happens in the dark. We wake with a solution, or at least with the feeling that the obstacle is not as solid as we believed it to be. This week I did a little research on the way it works, what it is that happens inside us at night. An article from Harvard Health says that while we sleep, the brain is doing its nighttime job of finding connections. And the brain does that work, I was surprised to find, mostly by shutting things down, like the prefrontal cortex, which is in charge of executive function, categorizing things into neat boxes, speaking with the voice of our inner critic, It's the one that tells us, there is no solution to this problem. You're stuck, there's no path from point A to point B. At night, it takes a break. And as the article says, then there's no critical edge or categories to put ideas in. The brain can free associate. Something similar happens during our REM cycles when the brain stops producing norepinephrine and serotonin During the day, those chemicals keep our attention focused on immediate, concrete problems, keeping us from getting distracted by anything that isn't essential. But when they're turned off, our brains can get creative. They start to value looser connections, to discover weaker associations that we wouldn't have noticed in the light. They begin to find a way, or to make a way, where there was none before. Which yes, obviously, I'm leaning toward it. It sounds a lot like the description of God in Isaiah. The one who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who provides a road when it seems that there is no route between point A and point B. the one who makes a trail through the wilderness and rivers in the desert, who transforms that wasted space into something fertile and life-giving. The people to whom Isaiah is speaking are lost, confused, helpless. They are trapped in exile. They're stuck. Feel like they have no way back home. And God reminds them through the prophet, You are not alone. Don't be anxious. Remember, you know others who have been here, your ancestors standing on the shore of the Red Sea with no way forward. They were wondering if the call they heard toward liberation had ended or if they had ever really heard it to begin with. They were biding their time. No hope, no motivation, just waiting for Pharaoh's army to catch up and put them out of their misery. They were stuck. And in that place where they felt they were making no progress and never would again, in that moment, in that night, in the dark, something was happening. While they waited, I was busy making a way. Isaiah reminds them, you are not alone. God reminds them, remember the ones who wandered in the wilderness, walking in circles, spinning their wheels for years? The ones praying for the day when real life could start up again. Remember how dried up they felt, how burned out, how thirsty for inspiration. They thought it was a wasteland, a waste of time. But in that moment, in those years when they felt parched and purposeless, something was happening. While they wandered, I worked to make a river through the desert. Remember, Isaiah says to them, to me, to you, if you have been there before, find yourself there again, in those moments Those seasons, those years when you feel lost and in the dark, you are not alone. You have not been abandoned. You're not even really standing still. Deep inside you, in that night inside you, in every stuck spot, I am doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? Let your eyes adjust. This night you are in is not something to fear. This darkness is not something to avoid. It's not something to wait through until real life begins again. Something is happening here in this rich blackness. This is the place where new things are born the time when a new day begins. This is where the connections you could not see when you were focused on the moment-to-moment become more obvious. This is when you start to free associate, when you get creative, and the obstacles that stood in your way, you're going to see they no longer seem as solid as they did before. This is the place where roads are made through the sea and rivers through the desert. Remember You have been here many times before. Yes, it is uncomfortable, but it is not the end. It is not a waste, not the remainder, not the leftovers. This is where it all starts, a new thing. Don't be anxious, be patient. This is the place where soon you will discover your next chapter.